Today's episode of the Open Pantry Podcast is brought to you by me, Sean from Open Pantry Consulting. Make sure if you're opening a restaurant or starting to scale your restaurant that you come and check out what I'm doing at openpantryconsulting.com. Everything around operations analysis, recruitment, or data analytics. Everything to get your restaurant, cafe, or bakery on the better side of this crisis. Let's keep going with the show. Welcome to Refocus Week. This is a week where we're doing five podcasts over five days. We want to provide knowledge and inspiration to the people who want to transform and refocus their businesses. We have the presence of great guests who will go deeper into these themes in a funny and interesting way. I think you're really going to enjoy this week of guests. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another Open Pantry podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. As we talk this week about important back of house systems to get your venue aligned for growth, I'm very lucky to talk to our next guest. Paul Torrey is the CEO and founder of Food Bomb, which is a one stop shop for restaurants, cafes, and caterers to order wholesale product. Uh, wholesale food products. Um, you can search products, compare suppliers, and order all from the one application. So thanks so much for joining me, Paul. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, so, I mean, the research I've been doing about this product and, and since we had a chat last week as well is just, um, I just really love the product the more and more I know about it. Like it's um, supply chain and and, and procurement are just things that sometimes venues don't do well. Um, they really like to think about their menu, but sometimes the supply chain around that is, is a bit of an afterthought. So do you want to talk about maybe how you start out in your career and, and, and how Food Bomb sort of got started as well? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my background is the meat wholesale service industry. So I would have been a perfect supplier for this platform. My family was in this business for 50 years of which I was involved for the last 25 years of it, which we sold back in 2016. Yep. Um, but during that time, obviously, as a supplier, I um, got to know the industry particularly well, the ins and outs, starting from the bottom, working my way up to running it. And I even launched a B2C business called Butcher Man back in the day, which we were the first to do home-delivered meats to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really opened my eyes to the whole world of e-commerce, the whole online um, selling of produce. I used to get venues coming on board saying, can I order my meat through the platform? Mm. Um, and thought, well, that's odd. This is a retail platform. Surely there's a better option for you in the food service industry yeah. and quickly realized there wasn't. Mm. So after selling a business in 2016, I actually sold it to a bigger wholesaler, went over there and, and worked for a little bit in the interim to see, and I was sort of looking forward to seeing how they had addressed all the problems I'd experienced around ordering. And, uh, you know, I used to get mostly back in those days, phone call ordering. It's still very common in the, in the industry today, yes. but um, you'd get hundreds of voice messages and it was really hard to understand and Mm. people would have really unclear ordering Um, and so sold my business went across to work with them for a while and realized they were 10 times the size but um, they had exactly the same problems 
300 voice messages a night um, and and struggled to, to work. It was, no, it was a little bit pre-apps, um, but I, I quickly realised that there was an opportunity there in the food service space, so I took a, you know, the old butcher man concept, which was B2C, and sort of pivoted to a, a B2B concept and launched Food Bomb back in 2017. So we're just on three years now, um, and it's been amazing. Like, I've loved every moment of it. It's amazing. Like, to pass the three-year mark as well, like, is a really um, important milestone for, you know, for a startup brand. So, um, congratulations. Um, Thank you very much. How would you explain the importance of Food Bomb and sort of what, what are a couple of benefits that the venues would see in using a product like that versus, you know, um, using a probably traditional supply chain, I suppose, that that yeah. would do? So I always tell this story by starting with the traditional supply chain. So, you know, once upon a time and still common to today, a venue will have multiple suppliers, whether it be meat, seafood, fruit and veg, poultry, cleaning, dry goods, packaging, bakery, dairy, you know, the list goes on, all these different suppliers that they need to order on from every week, some multiple times, some multiple every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and traditionally, they would get on the phone and they'd call their fruit and veg guy and, hey, I need four carrots, two apples, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Then they hang up and then they call the meat guy um, and slowly the industry's move towards apps. There's some great businesses out there creating apps for um, suppliers, Um, but that manages the one supplier, one venue. And even if every supplier has the world's greatest app as a venue, you have to log in and out of 10 different apps every night to place your orders. Mm -hmm. And after that's done, you have no transparency across the market. Is that a good price, a bad price? Um, You know, their product range is limited to what I can see there. Um, You have no exposure to the whole market. And if you wish to onboard a new supplier, you'll reach out to a bunch of them. They'll send out their reps. They'll sit down with you. They'll give you samples and prices, credit applications, four pages long. You'll go through this whole process to switch supplier. And then a month later, after you've made the switch, the price will go up, the quality will go down, and you'll feel like, damn, I'm stuck where I was before. Mm -hmm. So Food Bomb, the aim of it is to create a one-stop ordering platform, but via a marketplace, a marketplace that connects venues with suppliers, giving great transparency across the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, we allow suppliers to, you know, we give venues um, the access to over 150 suppliers on a single platform across 13 different categories, um, ensuring that they're always paying, you know, restaurant best quality prices. Um, but it's more than just price. It's quality, it's service, it's optimization of your ordering process. It's so much greater efficiency in the way you run your business. Mm-hmm. It saves you so much time instead of, um, ordering through 10 different apps, you need to, you can do it all on one seamless app we would, where we create digital pantry lists of all your favourite products, favourite suppliers, access to specials from hundreds of suppliers. You can, you can receive a special, go into our dedicated specials page and see a special from a supplier you've never dealt with before. You mm-hmm. may never wish to deal with again, but take advantage of a special, order from that platform without having credit application and receive it next day. Um, there are so many advantages I could go on and on, you know, automation to your accounting software and getting your invoices into MYB and zero um, reporting on what you're spying, what you're selling price fluctuations, all those sorts of things mm. um, just make the venues life so much easier. And of course, I mean, we, we try not to be only about price because price isn't the sole factor, but it's always important. But having now, you know, a thousand plus venues who've, who've ordered through the platform, mm. we traditionally get buying power that no independent venue can get on their own. Yeah. They look on the platform, they think, geez, how come your prices are so much better? Um, mm. Because we are, 
buying in such volumes that the supplier see real value. Um, yeah. We pay our suppliers every week. And on the flip side for the supplier, we're an extension of their sales team. We uh, have reps on the road. We do all the marketing. All we do is drive them leads. We pay them every week without fail. Mm-hmm. And so they see huge value in the in getting a digital order, which is very clear with SKU codes and everything very precise. Um, there's no argument about what was ordered, how much was ordered, any delivery instructions are all available, all very clear. We integrate now with suppliers so that orders into, seamlessly integrate into their platforms. Yeah. Um, and they get paid every week. So we're an extension of their sales team. We do their marketing. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's a win-win. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not, you're not controlling the logistics part, are you? It's up to the supplier to, to, to do logistics. So you would base uh, someone, if I'm in a venue and I'm ordering something, basically it, it, it sends a purchase order to that supplier and they, they then finish the supply chain? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've been in that world of logistics. I don't wish to get back there. Yeah. Um, the suppliers do that all day, every day. That's what they do. Um, yeah. We don't have, we don't touch the produce. We don't, you know, it's, it's, it's exactly the same as it would exist outside food bomb. You'd call a particular supplier, he'd send you a delivery. This is the same. The only yep. difference is you can order from 10 suppliers in a single checkout, press order, and it will order from all your suppliers in a single go. You'll get confirmation email from all the suppliers saying order is received. It's dispatched the next day. Mm-hmm. And bam, it turns up, yeah, much, much easier. Paul, you've obviously been, you know, you've been in the game for a, for a while now. Like, why do you think the hospitality industry is far behind in this kind of technology and in using this kind of tech, like there's so many venues that still ring suppliers and do invoicing in different ways and lose things and don't know how to do recalls and stuff. Like why, why do you think the industry is slow to change? I think it comes back to the suppliers. I think there's a lot of old school suppliers out there. I mean, I've met with hundreds of them now and I see some some suppliers turning over a million dollars a week who are still taking orders via phone simply because they're, you know, some of their old internal systems that they use are from, look like they're from 1984. Like it's pretty Mm -hmm. old, Mm -hmm. yet it works and they're doing big volumes and it ticks over and they're scared to change. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so... You know, it starts with the suppliers creating the right apps and there's some mm-hmm. companies that come along like the Automentums of the world who've created yeah. these great mm-hmm. um, apps for the suppliers mm-hmm. um, and slowly but surely they're being educated to the value in changing. They see, you know, initially, and even like Foodbomb, they see us initially as a cost. Yes. Um, but with yeah. time, they see we actually save them money. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're actually, actually adding so yeah. much more value. Yeah. That's right. For everyone. That's um, right. What have you what have you seen in the hospitality industry, you know, from a supplier perspective since the start of, you know, this COVID crisis? I know obviously you're sitting in Sydney um, where, you know, there's been some challenges, um, not so much in the Melbourne landscape like where I am, but from a sp- supplier perspective, what have, what have been some of the challenges for you guys in the, in the hospitality industry? Um, from the supplier's point of view, I mean, we personally um, – you know, the suppliers, sorry, are you asking how the suppliers we deal with have struggled or we as a platform have struggled with our suppliers? Oh, that's a good, that's a really good question. I would probably, because, I, would, yeah. I, I would probably say probably from the suppliers that you deal with, like how have you seen them be challenged during this? Time? Yeah, right. Okay. So suppliers, um, COVID has obviously put a lot of pressure on them in terms of, you know, as soon as COVID hit back in March, venues were shutting left, right and centre. They were pivoting to try and um, those who didn't have deliveries 
available. We're trying to launch delivery platforms. There was a massive fall in volume, and we saw it plummet. You know, our sales dropped by sixty-five percent back in April. Yeah. Right. Um, um, and so the suppliers were sitting there going, "Oh my gosh, well, how am I going to get paid for one venues? You know, are notoriously yeah. bad payers." Yes. Um, that a lot. And so they're sitting there saying, "Geez, I'm owed millions of dollars from venues who are no longer trading. What is my yes. chance of getting back that money? I've got all these staff I have to let go." Yeah. Um, so they were struggling big time. And on the flip side, they were saying. Every venue that I supply outside the food bomb world owes me money. Every supplier <laughs> on the food bomb platform had paid me. So, for, so for us, it was a it was a little, um, just you know, proof that food bomb pro- process was worth it, and the money they pay us was very cheap. Yeah. Um. So, but what I what I have noticed is those debilitating credit terms, which is what really I found troubling as a supplier, mm. are, look like being a thing of the past. Mm. Um. So those credit terms of 30 days and beyond, I think will, will be a thing of the past. I think suppliers are moving to much shorter credit terms. Yeah. Um, credit card payments and credit card security is becoming more common. Mm. A number of suppliers are switching to COD or payment before they leave. They held a credit card on file and before you leave, they process that payment because mm. they no longer can afford to carry venues the way they did in the past. I think that's the biggest thing to come out of COVID. Yeah. It's, um, I feel sorry for it, uh, for the suppliers because I've, I've talked to a lot since COVID and, you're right. Like time and time again, I'm hearing the same conversation around how much money they're owed and, and how these venues aren't trading and how they're not picking up calls or answering emails and, and that kind of stuff. Like it's, I think it's been a part of this crisis that we haven't talked about as much in the industry. And I, I think um, if anything's good to come of it, like, you know, lesser cre- credit terms to make sure that suppliers are there, you know, getting their money as well, because they're supporting your venue, which is supporting your customers and yourself. Like it's, um, it only just makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you, can you yeah. talk about it as I mean, well? I, I speak to suppliers all the time and it's a common frustration. Mm-hmm. So have we got a lag here? Yeah, we've got a lag. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe, maybe start what you were going to say again and I'll just cut it in. Um, yeah, okay. I speak to suppliers regularly um, and it's just a common complaint for them. You know, when I sit down and pitch them the food bond com- concept and I share stories about how I used to hate waiting for payment and how some venues would be ordering time and time again and then not paying, um, you know, they all roll their eyes and say, tell me about it. That's, you know, that's the biggest frustration. It's a common thing with suppliers. Mm. You know, they feel like you get your car fixed and you pay for it. You get your hair cut, you pay for it. Why is it? Why did it ever start in the food industry that restaurants need 30 days credit term in fact those that do in my opinion um are a bad debt waiting to happen you should be able to pay as you go or, or use credit card or use you know seven day accounts are reasonable but why do you need 30 days you bought the produce you sold it you bought it you sold it that's a supplier's perspective venues will have a different point of view um they, they'll tell you they've got wages and cash flow and dramas like anyone else mm. but that's a supplier's view they sit there thinking you know I, you place an order on monday you bought it you sold it place an order on Tuesday, you bought it, you sold it, you place an order on Wednesday, you're clearly buying and selling the produce. Why can't you pay for it at the end of the week? Everyone who sits down at a restaurant pays. Um, and so, yeah. Um, Do you think that might lead to a um, just a fundamental change in viability of some restaurants and, you know, and other food venues, Paul, if all of a sudden every supplier moves to COD or they move to seven day terms rather than 30, you know, 30 day terms because 30 day terms was very, very normal before this crisis happened. I actually think, 
Yeah. I actually think it'll help the venues. In my, I pay that first, whatever's left, that's my profit. That's a realistic view of what I'm making other than pay my wage, pay myself a wage, pay my car, pay everything what's left, I'll pay my suppliers. That seems to be how it's done. Mm. Um, the venues who pay first and keep things in check seem to survive for much longer, are happier, they're not stressed. They, they don't get into the hole of being owed that where they owe so much money they can't see a way to trade out of it. So mm. I think venues will only experience benefit from, from the shorter credit terms. Yeah, right. Okay. And to be fair, you use a credit card, you still get 30 days, you get up to 45 days. Um, we've done partnerships with Zip, which is another thing where we do with Zip Business is a new product where we give people, they can come on our website, much like Afterpay or Zip Pay for a, convert, for a consumer. We have a business version of that. You come on our website, you apply, you apply 20 minutes, you know, within 20 minutes, you get feedback saying you've been approved for a five to $25,000 line of credit. Yes. We're looking to extend that for bigger groups. Um, and you can trade up to 60 days interest-free. As long as you pay that off within the 60 days, it's free interest-free terms. Mm-hmm. So, and you can actually pay that with a credit card and extend that even further. So a lot of people during COVID were really jumping on board that, taking advantage of those extended credit terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a number of different payment options for people depending on el- eligibility. Um, but, in each case, we guarantee payment to the supplier. Yeah, which is really critical, right? And I'm sure the suppliers love you for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why? Right. Why do you think? Um, why do you think venues don't place the importance on stock management? You know, as as much as I believe they should, and I'll I'll give you some context to why I asked that question. There's been a lot of venues who I've worked with who do not stock take at all and just work out their cost of goods from their invoices, right? Um, They don't do anything around wastage. They don't do anything around stock taking, nothing, end of year, nothing. Like why do you think that happens? You know, I'm not saying it happens in every single venue, but uh, you know, in still uh, a minority of venues across the board when, you know, um, cost of goods is usually the, you know, the second um, second most expensive line in a PL? It's a good, very good question, and I know that you're 100% right, and I believe it comes down to they are so time poor after you spend a 60 hour slog in a kitchen, chefs just don't seem to find the time to do it. Yes. Um, I experienced that across the board. I've, you know, in the early days of selling this business, I'd sit down with the venue and they'd say to me, even worse than stock taking, they don't know the price of the produce they're buying. They'd yeah. sit down with an owner and a chef and say, what's your best seller? And he'd say, I sell, you know, Scotch fillet steaks. Yes. And he'd, I'd say, how much? And he'd say, it's X. And I'd say, no, it's not. It hasn't been that price for 10 years. <laughs> you know, I know the industry pretty well. And yeah. they'd go back with an invoice and go, Jesus, it's, you know, it's $8 more expensive than I thought it was. You know, they have no idea. That's your biggest selling item and you didn't know the price of it, really. How are you costing even on the most basic level of costing? Mm. Um, I've spoken to POS companies that support your theory of stock taking who say they have stock taking facilities in their POS and it's adopted by maybe 20% and that's probably being generous of the venues. It's generally your big groups who need that very detailed reporting. But the smaller venues, they say I bought, you know, they do it very rudimentary. I spent $500 on my meat this week. I sold... Ten, you know, thousand dollars worth of products that sell meat on my menu. I made money. It's a very basic thing. I think it's a lot down to skill level and time. Um, we've we've surveyed venues who say they spend up to two hours a week just placing orders, just going through placeholder order orders, as in going into my call room with my clipboard, 
flipping yep. over the page, looking at my stock. What do I need? I need a box of apples, I need a box of carrots, the rabbits. Then I go and order that, then my meat, then my seafood, then, you know, all these things, just placing the orders. So stock take is the furthest thing from their mind. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, it's certainly an interesting time. I do, I do, um, there's been a lot of chat amongst the industry the last couple of months about the fact that prices on, especially mains and stuff like that haven't moved very much, especially in the last 10 to 15 years. And I do wonder if, you know, the fact that not every single venue is, is really controlled around their supply chain, around their, around their wastage, around their stock taking that, you know, as you just noted, like sitting down with a chef who doesn't know there's an $8 price difference per kilo in a major item. Um, <laughs> yeah. like if you don't know how much something costs, how do you know how to price it, you know, for a customer, you know, it's, um, right. doesn't, doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that, you know, like every industry in the world competition is huge. I mean, Sydney, Melbourne have so many eateries, so many cafes, restaurants, pubs, clubs, where you can eat the competition on price exists in their industry, the same as it does in every other industry. Yes. Um, and if you're not sharp on price, you can suffer from, you know, but you need to be able to sell at a price that makes profitable. If you're a pub, you might sell it at cost because you make money on drinks. But most venues need to be on top of what they're paying. You know, I said all the time, you, you pointed out earlier, the two biggest costs for a restaurant are the cost of goods sold mm -hmm. and your wages. Mm -hmm. Now, Food Bomb cannot help you with your wages, but, you know, if I was to sell you, hey, I can bring an extra 100 people through your door every week, mm -hmm. you would say, great, but that would come with costs. You'd have to have more wages, more more you know, just staff generally, you'd have to buy more produce. And so the actual extra profit you make wouldn't be as much. But if I can save you on your cost of goods, if I can actually reduce your spend on your cost of goods, that's money in your pocket. That's all profit. Mm. Um, and so there, there needs to be more attention paid to that without doubt. If you're a restaurant and you're not on top of your cost of goods sold, you're a temporary restaurant that won't be around very long. Do you uh, want to ask you a couple of questions before I let you go, if that's okay, Paul? Um, do, you, do you think... Um, cause I know obviously with this great tech product you've got, do you think as an overall, um, industry that tech is really going to change the way the industry moves and, and shapes over the next couple of years? Like I felt like we, as an industry, we were really, really far behind the, the eight ball when it came to tech and when it came to automation and QR codes and, and, and all these different things. Um, do you, like have you seen in your business, you know, growth during this COVID time when, you know, managers and owners are sitting down and thinking about all the things which are um, important in them making sure their business runs and, and really thinking about how to make it, you know, more efficient and, and save them some money and save them a lot of time? Absolutely. I think apps, you know, this industry is being flooded now with technology. Mm. It was a late starter, but there's a lot of them hitting the market now. Mm. Um, and all of them are aimed, you know, especially post COVID now where venues are running leaner, they're, they, they're searching for a way to optimize the way they run their business to improve the efficiencies in both ordering and cost of goods. Yes. Um, so apps, uh, you know, all these, all these new technologies are certainly welcome Mm -hmm. You know, 10 years ago, they were frowned upon. Now, they're a must. Yeah. You know, the delivery deliver integrations and all the rest of those platforms, um, they're bringing new revenue stream. We're helping them save the cost of goods. And COVID has proven it to us. Like I said to you, we fell by 60% in April. Mm -hmm. We have now 
we have onboarded hundreds of venues during COVID. Like we've had the biggest upturn in business that we've ever had. Yeah. Like our, our, our sales now are well beyond pre-COVID numbers because venues were desperately looking out there for a better, more efficient way to do things yes. um, where they're very price conscious and Foobomb just solves that problem for them. Yeah. I think the interesting thing that's probably come out the last couple of months is venues have, um, venues have come back to trading properly and, you know, um, the density limits have changed. So they're able to serve, you know, close to, you know, the customers that were serving before is that now there's an issue with staffing. The fact they can't get the amount of staff they need. So they're looking at solutions tech wise that they can, you know, take away some of the customer experience onto the customer itself to do it with, you know, with, with ordering and that kind of stuff. But also, but also, you know, allowing managers to save time with products like yours in order to just make things more efficient. So I think it's going to be, you know, an amazing time for, for companies like yours um, with really, really great quality tech that are going to um, just save venues time and just a whole, add a whole lot more of efficiency. Yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah, I agree. I think those ordering from the table apps are going to become more common. Yes. Um, I think that's just a given. Mm. Um, and, you know, venues, once you go, to an ordering platform like Fubon where you order all your supplies in one place, you're never going to go back to that world of no. logging on and off and 10 different things and pencils and clipboards and yeah. Um, so, you know, the adoption has been slow in this industry, but it's the uptake is fast now. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, Paul, the last question before I let you go, um, what are you, what are you most looking forward to getting back to that you um, haven't been able to do during this COVID time that, yeah, you're really excited about Oh, I think like the rest of the world travel. I mean, we travel <laughs> on a personal level, but tra- also travel on a business level. We have a team in Melbourne as well as Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've been very isolated from them. We feel sorry for them, actually. Hopefully we can bring them up here for Christmas with us. Um, but I'd love to be able to get down to Melbourne and, and to uh, see our team and suppliers down there. So just, you know, in general on a personal level, but also on a work level, I think that's what, um, that wouldn't be an uncommon answer, I think. Yeah, it's the most common one I'm getting at the moment. I think, yeah, um, yeah people just want connection back and it's good that uh, it's slowly starting to come back. Yes, I personally had a big holiday booked overseas this year for my 50th. And um, we had to obviously, we had, well, it's not yet, it's next year, but we had oh, to uh, um, we had to cancel that because, you know, travelling overseas obviously a thing, you know, isn't yeah. going to be happening for a while. So we went and booked um, Noosa for January and now they closed the borders from Queensland. So I'm... I'm <laughs> I'm not having having much luck in the travel industry, but I'm hoping that that will open up in December and I'll finally get on a, on a holiday. Well, my fingers are crossed for you, Paul. Um, yeah. What's um What's the best way that people can find out about Foobomb and and connect with you guys? I uh, just simply just go onto our website, um, foodbomb.com.au, register there, and, and one of our BDMs will contact you shortly after you register, and they will set up a time where they'll run through a free audit of your business. They'll come out, sit down with you. They'll look at what you're buying, where you're buying, see if they can make some improvements for you. Some venues from time to time, we sit down and say, hey, you're doing an amazing job, keep at it. But more mm-hmm. than 99% of the time, we can we can save them a lot of money and, and optimise the way to do their ordering so they get out of that pen and paper routine that they're stuck in at the moment. Yeah, and start to automate their business properly. So That's right. Um, the, uh, the link for that is in the show notes, as always. Paul Torrey, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me.
thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. I hope you really got something out of it and really enjoyed it. As always, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you know when it's coming out. We tend to launch one to two a week. Sometimes there are extra special episodes that are released too, so make sure you're ahead of it. And as always, please make sure that you're sharing this podcast with those who you think can value from the content that we're producing too. So thanks so much for listening and until next time, stay well.